I'm Major Robinson, Juanita Vero, Chris Warden, Barb Sistero, Jim Swan, Adriana Hines. This is Sherry Jarvis. Hello, this is Samuel Enemy Hunter from Lodgegrass, Montana. From Greeno, Montana. From Rocky Boy. From Virginia City, Montana. Helena, Montana. And you're listening to. And you are listening to. Listen first. Listen first. You're listening to Listen First, Montana. Hi, this is Chantelle Schieffer, President and CEO of Leadership Montana. Views and opinions shared by guests of Listen First Montana do not reflect the opinions of all of our alumni or organization. We are a large group with lots of opinions, believe me. If you hear something that makes you uncomfortable, we invite you to listen deeply, listen hard, and listen first. Hello and welcome to Listen First Montana, a podcast of Leadership Montana. I'm Eric Halverson. You're listening to a special mini-series of this podcast focused on Leadership Montana's newest program, the Indigenous Immersion Initiative. About 20 Leadership Montana alumni are participating in this new program, and you'll hear from them as they visit four different tribal nations. Their reflections on this podcast offer listeners a wide range of perspectives, insights, and levels of familiarity with the communities this group will visit. For this episode, let's head to the Northern Cheyenne Nation for a conversation between Adriana Hines of Helena and Jim Swan of Rocky Boy. Jim is an enrolled member of the Chippewa Cree Tribe and a member of Leadership Montana's Indigenous Advisory Committee. This episode was recorded in September of 2022 in the back seat of a moving vehicle, so you'll hear a few sounds of the road. Jim and Adriana start out sharing why they signed up for the inaugural class of Leadership Montana's Indigenous Immersion Initiative and what has surprised them about the program so far. I signed up for the inaugural immersion class because I just wanted to say yes. I wanted to be part of the kickoff. I wanted to be part of the initial research and reconnaissance on how to make this successful. And it has far exceeded my expectations of signing up uh, to be part of the initial class. And I would venture to guess our class members would all echo my sentiments. I I signed up for the class um, for several reasons. Number one, it's always hard to say no when Leadership Montana comes knocking at the door. Uh, Number two, as a uh, member of the uh, Indigenous Advisory Committee, I wanted to be one of the people experiencing it as well as curating it um, on behalf of the participants. I also, um, like Adriana, wanted to be in on the ground floor of something and and be there at the at the very start uh, and so this was an opportunity to to begin this this journey that that uh, leadership Montana is undertaking. When we had the the first gathering, one thing that surprised me um, was the fact that we have a lot of really strong leaders from the state of Montana, many of whom have lived here most of their lives and had what I've termed as as ignorance. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that as simply not knowing about 
tribes and Indian people. Uh, but what did not surprise me was the fact that with that lack of knowledge came serious curiosity. And that, that made me very, very happy. So far, this experience has been probably close to what I imagined. Just sitting back and learning and witnessing and sharing the experience with others. But what has surprised me is what Jim just referenced is that our native leaders and friends are surprised about our engagement and our meaning non-native. And I just kind of giggle about that because it was even mentioned this morning in our circle how surprised one of our leaders was that we are so curious and so engaged. And it just goes back to the statement that we are all one. And I think in Leadership Montana, when we continue to listen, learn, and lead, it is just important to remember that we really are all one and we have so much to learn about each other, not only in the state, but across the world. And I just feel so fortunate that eyes are being opened and we're experiencing this really cool inaugural program together. What have you learned so far? We so far we've been you know in a non-native community to set up um, then we were in a, an urban Indian community we've been to one reservation now we're we're here at a second reservation and and with the um, expansion of, of the program by by uh, two gatherings what is it that you think that you've taken away from those experiences and what is it that you hunger more for in the next couple of gatherings that that will be taking place in 2023? Well, first off, since Montana is comprised of 12% native people, it's been fascinating to just dig in and learn and understand. And all of you bring your different perspectives from the different tribes that you come from. And it's been fun to see the similarities, but it's also been equally as enjoyable to understand the differences and what has been I think provided more engagement is kind of the build upon after session after session so for instance when we were at the Blackfeet Nation now we can ask questions here because of the experiences we had at the previous session because we're just a little bit more educated maybe in cultural differences or historical preservation I mean all different elements that each tribe takes on differently but also the same and I would also say that it's really fun to watch all of you from the different tribes come together and most of you have been connected in some way whether that's at the government level through the state of Montana whether that's through engagement in leadership Montana whether that's just in doing unified work across our state it's been really fun to kind of see those relationships blossom and bloom as well as bringing the rest of the class along with you what I'm curious to learn from you, Jim, is what are you learning? Because you are one of the leaders and you helped curate the curriculum. So I'm curious what has furthering your knowledge in this area? Well, I, I think I'd hesitate to call myself one of the leaders in, in, in terms of this simply because uh, I think that those of us who are on the advisory committee uh, are learning so much from 
the non-native people, from the people who have had very little experience uh, in Indian country. And um, so I, I, I would say that, you know, what somebody had said something about, well, I, I wish it was just the indigenous people uh, talking. And I, I said, no, we, we, would, we would lose so much in this experience um, if it weren't a conversation that we've been having um, for the last however many months it's been since what was it March February <laughs> um, so we've we've been having this conversation for many months right now and if it were just the um, indigenous folks um, speaking then we wouldn't be learning anything at all um, well, I wouldn't say we wouldn't be learning anything at all, but we'd be learning a lot less than 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 we what we are. The way that it's flowing um, so far. What are you most looking forward to coming up? Well, uh, I'm a, I'm a little bit uh, not sure about what to expect in Flathead Country in January. But I much uh, prefer Flathead Country in January to Fort Peck in January. So I'm very, very glad that that Fort Peck is in in April and not January. But um, I'm I'm looking forward to learning more about what is happening at Flathead because to me, Flathead is uh, it's, it's sort of an 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 enigma um, within the state of Montana um, in terms of how they've developed over time compared to those of us uh, reservations that are that are more rural in nature uh, and Fort Peck I, I just love going there I've been I've been uh, working with the Fort Peck tribes for over six years now and I I just love going to Fort Peck <laughs> and it's it's an area that's fairly unexplored in in the state of Montana uh, because it's so far northeast it's you know, one of our classmates uh, comes from Glasgow, which is technically, according to the Washington Post, the middle of nowhere in the United States. And I would argue that that uh, places at Fort Peck are more the middle of nowhere. It's just that they're closer to Williston, so that's why they don't qualify as the middle of nowhere. <laughs> that's probably true. Jim, I'm curious about your involvement on the advisory committee for this program. I'm really wondering, what was the goal when you guys set out with this mission and established establishing next steps? What were the goals that you guys were looking to accomplish with this? Well, in, in terms of the overall goals of the entire initiative, I think I would defer to folks such as uh, Chantel and, and Major in terms of their leadership on what the overall purpose is and as we drilled down into preparing for different gatherings that we've had to date it's always been a matter of well what is it that at this particular session um, on a micro level we're trying to convey to the members of the class whether it's know the reservation um, know things about things that are successful. Um, I got I got a little bit I wouldn't say disheartened, but I got a little bit 
concerned after the very first gathering um, that people would come away thinking that life in Indian country was horrible, unbearable, um, so challenging that that how could people survive um, because of what we learned in, in Big Sky about about bad federal policy and and uh, the essentially what what the federal government defined as the Indian problem that was something to solve or to get rid of and then I as we've gone along I've been very pleased to to see that that uh, um, development of hey there are all of these challenges that we face within Indian country whether it be in an urban area or on the reservation but if you put your mind to it and if you get if you get the right people to, at the table to do the right things there are amazing things that can be done right Jim another question I have is how do you see us as a cohort bridging the divide kind of in this cultural experience how do we take what we've learned and continue fostering the relationships that we're making and have made and making sure that we can stay connected and make a difference through our relationships in our communities. I myself have not filtered through that yet. Um, it's something that I'm still trying to figure out for myself and I guess I would ask you the, the same thing is how how is it that you're taking what you've gathered, what you've learned, what what you've gleaned um, from this experience, and and bringing it home to Helena. Yeah, I think about it every session, and actually, so far in my work, I have come back every time and have been a thought leader in an organization um, in Helena where I've brought the understanding of the cultural needs of the natives who are served by my organization and making sure that we are doing the appropriate things to make sure we are honoring their cultural significance and their daily rituals. And I can already tell it's made a difference and I have brought together a few other organizations along with us to see if there's maybe some shared job responsibilities that could cover multiple organizations just in understanding the native landscape and making sure that we're continuing to honor those sacred rituals and and culture needs so I feel like I'm just kind of on the cusp of understanding you know okay here's a broader picture of what's necessary in Helena but how do we even take that deeper and then how do you cascade and make a ripple effect across Montana to ensure that's happening as well I would say at the urban meeting in Missoula it was really fascinating for me to see the natives who are embedded in the urban setting and how the importance of their home reservation and their tribe is to them and it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the only people they interact with but you can just understand that they want that feeling so bad and they want to make sure that those in the community that are also native are able to experience that as well and so you can see the community within the community happening and that was that was really fascinating to me and exciting 
that's good. I'm, I'm glad you took that away. Um, is there anything similar or different that you've taken away, say, from Browning than, than you did from Missoula? I guess being that, that it's mainly Blackfeet, that, that probably wouldn't apply. But I would say visiting the reservation made it all come home. You know, the... I mean, we learned a lot of things in Browning and some really intimate cultural things that were shared with us. And just having that little bit of knowledge on what sustains the family unit and the broader family unit and how everyone continues to remain connected, whether they're cousins, brothers, sisters, whatever that looks like, they all feel like they're family because of this commonality of being part of the tribe and that nation. And we can already see that here on the Northern Cheyenne Reservation as well. And I imagine now that, you know, we've had this deep experience just at two reservations, just kind of what that cascade effect is. Jim, another question I have is, how do you see, from your perspective, the different indigenous communities bridging between each other after this experience? Well, I see a, a lot of potential. I mean, I mean some of us some of us knew some of us already, you know, and, and for others it was meeting somebody for the first time. Uh, those who have more knowledge of a particular reservation or a particular tribe, uh, learning more about the, the other tribes. And I think in terms of, of where we're at now um, at Northern Cheyenne, this is the tribe that I probably know the least about, the um, place that I've been to the least, and uh, so I'm I'm hoping to take a whole big set of uh, knowledge base from this reservation that, that uh, I had not known about before. Thanks to Jim Swan and Adriana Hines for coming on the podcast. And thanks to you for listening in to this fourth installment of our mini-series focused on Leadership Montana's newest program, the Indigenous Immersion Initiative. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to support Listen First Montana, please tell a friend about the show or share your favorite episode on social media. Those small steps can really help us connect these stories to more listeners. Our intro song is a rendition of the Montana State song by Scott Gudger, and our other music is from Blue Dot Sessions. We'll see you soon with our next episode. Until then, thanks for listening to Listen First, Montana.